And we're back for another episode of AlphaCast. My name's Mike Winner, and I'm here as always with Dr. Bear Paul Lando up here uh, in the great state of Jefferson on the Smith River on the border of California and Oregon. For those who are new to our show, there are a lot of new people coming in. Um, Alpha Vedic, we're, a, we're an off-grid farm and health co-op, and we do this podcast, AlphaCast, to talk to our favorite people in the world, the greatest thinkers in our mind that are really pushing the limits to, um, you know, in our, in our eyes, where this world is going and, and what's important. And today we have one of our favorites, Max Egan is with us today, renowned true seeker and activist. Uh, he has uh, long been a voice of reason in these times of endgame madness. Max's perceptive insights into the world of geopolitics have made him one of the most sought after speakers within the truth media, while simultaneously earning him the status of most censored amidst the present climate of unprecedented information, inversion, and suppression. As a radio host, musician, artist, and filmmaker, Max is the curator of his website, The Crow House, a depository of his immense body of work, including thought-provoking videos, music, and projects. Max feels that what happens in America is echoed strongly in his Australia homeland, and if America falls from within, then so will his country fall. For this reason, Max remains outspoken in the name of what is right, regardless of the consequences. So we're so happy to have Max here today and just get into this conversation. How are you doing today, Max? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. Sorry I was a couple of minutes late, just woke up. But yeah, doing good, doing good. Winter here, opposite to what you're experiencing there. So I've got the, the rug on. But uh, yeah, good. Good to be here. Thanks for having me on, brother. Always a pleasure coming. And, and Max, thanks so much. Uh, it, it really means a lot to us to have you here. We're honored and we know you're uh, very sought after and uh, Everybody wants a little bit of your energy, so uh, thanks for making time for us. Uh, you know, I've been a big fan of your work and, uh, you know, watching your videos and listening to your music and interviews for, for a few years now. And uh, one of the first ones I saw with you, it, it was a great dialogue where you were uh, recounting an experience with a constable or somebody where they're asking you for, you know, the typical information, you know, what's your name, where do you live? And you simply said, well, I, I live here. And, uh, you know, and of course, uh, you know, they automatically think you're being a wise guy, but I knew exactly where you were going. And, and after a few rounds, you just said, well, I'm, you know, I live here. I'm in my skin. And, and to me, it's the most logical, common sense uh, thing to say in the world. But of course, they want to define and confine us by uh, giving us a residence and giving us a name. And, and I think as simple as a concept that seems to me to understand that we are pure consciousness, uh, you know, having this experience and, um, you know, the, there's really no way to define us or, or to limit us in any way. And, but that seems to go over most people's heads these days that, uh, you know, that's in fact the game we're playing. And, and I really believe that um, you're, you're one of the few people that can just put it out in a, a very simple, eloquent way. So it's understandable. And I think if people don't really wrap their minds around that concept pretty quick, the short-term prognosis isn't very good for us. Uh, so please, uh, I just want to listen to you today and uh, just share your experiences. And I know you've had some adventures just in the last couple of days. So thanks again for being here. 
My pleasure, brother. Thanks. Thanks for that. Uh, thanks for those words. Yeah, Max, uh, you've had quite a week. Um, uh, you know, being deplatformed on YouTube and and all that. Why? I mean, there's a lot of outspoken people out there that are breaking down. You know, the the matrix and the control grid, the technocrats, all that stuff. Why do you feel uh, you've got a target on your back these days? Um. Well, because I, I speak the truth, I mean, I, I don't hold back with it. I don't sugarcoat it. And um, I was really pushing what the Australian government is doing here. I was really pushing the people to stand up against this, um, to start calling their politicians and asking questions and explaining to people how this, this pandemic is completely fake. You know, it, it's, it's not a pandemic. Here in Australia, we've had 100 and, 105 people allegedly die from this stuff, shut the whole country down. I mean, people have to wake up to what's going on. You know, this is next level slavery system that they're rolling out on the back of this pandemic. And, you know, it's become very urgent. So I've been speaking out. I mean, I was doing radio shows once a week for uh, 12 years. And then when all this happened, I mean, I took some time off in November. I thought I really need to have a break because I've been doing this once a week for, for years. and I need some time off. And then all this happened. I started putting out shows like virtually every day. So, you know, it didn't, didn't get any time off at all. It just became urgent to do it. And, and um, so I think that's why they've shut me down. I mean, too many people were listening. They don't want people pointing out that this is a, this is a hoax. They want their agenda to go forward. Um, there's a lot of doctors speaking out. There's a lot of relevant information to show how much of a hoax this is and how, how criminal these people are, especially the government in our country. This whole government in this country is, is an illegal enterprise. Even, even the prime minister, when he, when he came to office, he, he didn't even do his, his, um, his oath properly. He swore not to her majesty, but to her majesty. Think about that, manager. To her majesty, Queen Elizabeth II, Queen of Australia. This woman doesn't exist. There is no Queen of Australia. There is the Queen of England and the colonies, but there is no Queen of Australia. So it's a fictional entity. It's an entirely invalid government. He didn't even swear in properly. And, and it's, it's sworn in by, the, by the, the governor general, who's supposed to be appointed by the queen, but was appointed by the prime minister. And then he appoints the prime. It's just this big circle pissing contest, you know. So I'm looking at this and I'm going, well, this, this, is, this has got to stop. And, and we can't, what, what they're doing to the country, you know, the gloves have got to come off. And so I've been really outspoken about it. So they just shut me down. Simple as that. No warning. They just shut me down. They did put a strike on my channel for the last video I uploaded. They deleted like eight, eight of my ten, last 10 uploads they've deleted. And then they uh, put a strike on my channel, told me no uploading for seven days. And then without warning, they just deleted the entire channel. And uh, I've appealed, but uh, they've just deleted it. But, you know, they don't want the truth getting out there. And, and we're at a time now where it is virtually our last chance to stand up. If we don't stand up and stop this and nip this in the bud before it, it rolls out to completion, this isn't ever going to go away. This whole pandemic, it, it isn't a temporary thing. This new normal that they want to bring in, this is just going to get more and more totalitarian. And it's part of a slavery setup and it's part of a, a, an occult ritual setup. I mean, the wearing of masks, all the stuff they make you do, these are all occult ritual things i mean they used to make slaves wear masks these aren't masks these are muzzles and they're separating people six six feet distance away from people so your heart space your heart chakras don't connect there's so much wrong with what they're doing and so much needs to be pointed out about it and it's important i mean there is no other issue that is more important than this even with the stuff that i've talked about on my previous shows history 
and a lot of the shows I've done on a lot of different topics, I've kind of put it all aside because there is nothing more important than this issue. And that's why I've been addressing it. And that's why they've deleted me. And it's interesting. You say you go to the crow house, my website, and there's all sorts of uh, great videos and stuff. Well, there's not now because they've <laughs> deleted them all. Uh, I've got hundreds and hundreds of dead links. I have to fix on the website. Now it's going to be a huge job to get the site back to being functional. Now all the videos have been removed. So well, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's the problem with the corporatocracy, the, the structure of <coughs> the corporations rule. And we know all governments are corporations. Everything's a corporate rule. So if, like with YouTube, with a flick of a switch, they can turn you off. The government with the flick of a switch can try to mandate masks. They can try to enforce, uh, you know, uh, the, all, all these crazy stay at home orders. And so it's finally time, you know, for humanity to go, no, we're sovereign beings. We understand mm. there's things like common law and that there are higher laws at play and we need to come together right now because <coughs> agenda 21 is real agenda 2030 if people are still questioning this just go look the, the country's all signed it in 1992 this is step one phase one of four or five phases they said 2020 was going to be the first thing and they launched it right at the beginning using china their golden child as the place to do it and it's now being, you know, it's being unfolded in front of our eyes. And you are dead on the mark with everything you're saying, Max. Dead on the mark. Yeah, and that's what people have to understand. that This is just being done by people. This is what, what we were talking about before, what Barrow was saying before about how I was saying about standing in, in what you are. You know, standing in, I live in this vessel. I mean, you've got to understand that you're a human being. And that the people who are doing this are just human beings. It doesn't matter if they write stuff down on paper. They're human beings. Why are, you, why are you letting these people control you and, and treat you like a slave? Why don't you know you're a human being? This is what I've been saying to people for so many years. This is why I walked away from the whole system. Like 10, 15 years ago, no unemployment benefits. No, I don't pay tax. I don't want anything to do with you people. I don't want any of your money. I don't want any of your benefits. I don't want any of your medical care. I don't want anything from you people. None of it. You're a bunch of girls, I want nothing to do with you. And if you're claiming I have to have something to do with you, show me proof of claim. You know, and my whole concept, I mean, this is a this is a paper-based reality. You've got to say, I've got to do what all this law says because you wrote it down on paper. Well, how does that work? You know, if this is a paper-based world, well, this is why I've been an activist for Palestine for so long. Because of and people say, Well, you you're you're anti-Semitic. No, it isn't about whether you support the Jews or whether you support the, the Palestinians or anything like that. It's a matter of child abuse and war crimes the gaza strip is collective punishment it's a war crime according to the fourth geneva convention so if this is a paper-based world right we've got to do what's written on paper well here's a piece of paper the fourth geneva convention it says you're a war criminal for supporting the crimes of israel if our politicians are funding israel and they're supporting these war crimes that makes them war criminals under their own law so how is anything they write on paper to inflict on me valid when they are war criminals under their own law if this is a paper-based reality Okay, well, you're a war criminal. Show me that anything you say is valid while reporting international war crimes. Why do I have to do what you say when you're a war criminal? If this is a paper-based world, hey, I'm just going with what the paper says, you know? And that, that's what I've been saying to people. And if we do not stop these politicians from what they're doing, then the way of Palestine will be the way of the world. And what we see now with this whole pandemic is they are turning the entire world into Gaza Strip. Checkpoints everywhere, massive food shortages, borders closed, not allowed to leave, 
What does this sound like, folks? This is Palestine. They're turning the world into Palestine because Palestine is a system of surplusing and warehousing human beings. I've been saying this to people for 20 years. If you don't pay attention, the way of Palestine will be the way of the world. That's exactly what we're seeing right now. It's because people don't know who and what they are. They don't know they're human. They think that these people, I've got to do what the government says. Well, what's the government? The government is a dead entity. It's not alive. You can't talk to the government. The government isn't this big monster that's going to come down the road and eat your house. The government is a bunch of people in suits who walk into these buildings and they do what it says in the books. It's crazy. You know, it's a crazy setup. We've forgotten that we're people. We think that these entities actually mean something. And so when the ASIO, the tax office, comes and says, you know, you owe me money, I go, well, who, who, who's the tax office? The tax office is a dead entity. I can't speak with the dead, sorry. I can't talk to the dead. If you're standing there in a uniform and you're saying you're speaking on behalf of the tax office, so you're claiming you can speak on behalf of the dead, can you? What are you, a medium or you're psychic or something, are you? Well, where are we mm-hmm. going with this? You know? So I ask these questions and I can't answer the questions I ask them. You've got a guy dressed like Batman standing in front of you telling you he's speaking for a dead entity and he's claiming that you're, you're mentally incompetent because you're asking him questions and you know you're alive. He's saying you need a psychiatric evaluation because you know you're alive. Here's you dressed like Batman claiming you can speak for the dead, saying I need a psychiatric evaluation. What's wrong with this picture, you know? So you've got to look at it in the right way and, and that's the way I've always approached it with people. I, mean, I used to go out on, on, on weekends sometimes. I'd go out to the, to the local hotel after I'd cooked up a cancer treatment for someone using cannabis and, and making oil and treating, so I knew that I reeked with it. And I'd go to the hotel knowing there'd be sniffer dogs there just so they'd grab me out and try to arrest me and they'd have nothing on me and then I'd be able to explain to the whole pub how to deal with police officers, you know, when they're asking me my name and trying to get jurisdiction there. I'd do it in front of the whole pub and the cops would end up walking away in complete frustration. You know, so just to try to educate people. But, you know, you've got to pick your battles. You can't do that on the side of the road by yourself. I would never suggest that anybody try to exercise their sovereignty on the side of the road by themselves with two police officers because they will just do whatever they want to do. Tell the world that you're mad and they'll throw you in the grin bin. But when you're in a whole bunch, in front of a whole bunch of people, you can absolutely exercise your rights and show other people how to do it. You know, if you're going to do it by yourself, you, you need to make sure you're videoing it. You, you really need to make sure you've got some sort of backup because if, if it's two to one, you know, I don't recommend that you do. You, you've got to pick your battles. You know what I mean? If you're on the side of the road, they'll just do what they want. So, and you got to you know, know, it's, the, it's you all, gotta know the language too. You got to know what you're doing. You got to say the right words. You've got to know what you're doing. You've got to say the right words. You've really got to know what you are and know you're a human. And you've got to speak English is, is the thing. You've got to apply English meanings to your words. It's like when the guy said, where do you live? And I said, well, is this a trick question? You know, I live. I'm alive. I mean, I live here. I live in this vessel. <laughs> I take a step to the left. Now I'm living there. You know, if I go down to the malt shop, now I'm living at the malt shop. I don't understand your question. I, I, what do you mean? Where do I live? I'm standing in front of you talking to you. Obviously, I live. I live in this vessel. I mean, what do I say? You know? So, but, but people say, oh, where do you, oh, you mean what, what house do I live in? Where is my address? Which means, okay, I only live at that house, which means I'm not alive now while I'm talking to you. I'm dead, which means you have jurisdiction over me. I'm a corpse. I'm a corporation. You know? So, that, that's the whole. See, we, we don't know what the questions mean when they're asking it. And we're not putting English meanings to the words. If someone asks you, where, where do you live? I mean, if you really think about that, that's a really stupid question to ask someone because obviously they're alive. They're in front of you. Where do you mean, where do you live? You're standing there talking to them. They're right in front of you. Why do you even ask where they live? They're right there in front of you living. They're alive. 
You know what I mean? We don't think that. We only think, oh, I live in this place. You know, so we're not looking at the the rest of the connotations of what that actually means. If you say I live at this address, I live at, at you know twenty four Robert Street or whatever. Um, well, you're saying that's the only place that I, I actually I'm only alive when I'm there. If you're not looking at the rest of what what it means, you know these sort of extra meanings of of the sentence. So that's the way they take it, and that's the way their law works. So you've got to you've got to really take things at face value, take the words at face value, and you've got to address the words for their actual meaning. When you do that, they can't get jurisdiction over you, and it frustrates the hell out of them. And uh, conversely, you know, in a past life, uh, I used to go in and challenge uh, a lot of these victimless uh, charges, you know, and, and uh, confront agencies and so forth. And uh, I'd say, well, you know, I want to see my accuser because there wasn't any victim. And of course, uh, they'd say, well, the state is filing a complaint. And I'd say, well, great. Uh, you know, and this wasn't my idea. A lot of people used to do this. We'd say, okay, get the state on the stand here. And, uh, you know, they can't, they can't materialize the person or the entity that's actually making a complaint. So here we are, sentient beings, and arguing, uh, you know, in their venue with uh, things and entities that don't even exist. And, uh, you know, we had a lot of good adventures when we'd, uh, you know, asked to see our accusers so that we could put them on the stand and, and uh, cross-examine them. But, of course, they could never do that. Well, exactly. In the state, I mean, I've had people say, I've had police officers say to me when I've been pulled over in Queensland here that, um, you know, when you're in the state of Queensland, you've got to abide by the laws of the state of Queensland. I go, well, how am I in the state of Queensland? You know, well, you're here, you're in the state of Queensland, but the state of Queensland is lines on a map. I'm not standing on a map. I'm standing on country. You know, at the moment, I'm in a state of confusion at your claim that I'm in a state of Queensland. What is the state of Queensland? I mean, you're in a state of Queensland. You're in that mental state of Queensland whereby you believe you've got to do all this stuff. I'm not. I'm standing on country. I don't even know what these lines are. I'm not standing on a map. I'm not in any state of Queensland. I'm in a state of confusion. Can you please explain how I'm in a state of Queensland? And they can't. You know, you're in a state of Queensland, you're in a state of Arizona because you're in, in that mental state of I am in Arizona, so therefore I am bound by the laws of this little confine on this map. You're not standing on a map, you're not in a state, you're in a state of confusion is what you're in, you know. So that's the way people need to look at it. They've, they've got to really listen to what they're saying and, and, and put proper English meanings on the words. Don't, don't speak in legalese because you don't understand it. Don't try to speak it. If you can't understand it, don't try to speak it. So, so let them know that you're speaking English all the time. See, when a cop asks your name, if, if a cop says to you, hi, Barry Lando, uh, you go straight away, you say, are you addressing me? Ask him straight away if he's addressing you because he's, when he's said your name to you, you don't know how he's spelt it in his head. He's probably spelt it in all capitals. And then you've answered him and said, yes, I'm, I'm, that's my name. You've agreed. You say, say oh, are you are you Balando? You say, oh, um, are you addressing me? Um, well, uh, uh, my name is Man, but you can call me you can call me Barry. You know. So now you've defined, and and in your mind, you're speaking in in lowercase. So you've just defined what he is calling you by your choice, and you've defined that you're a man, and but he can call you that if you want, because it's not your name; it's your calling. You know. So. It's just knowing the language and knowing how to speak with these people and knowing how you're giving them jurisdiction and knowing how not to do that, you know.
it's, and it's important. And it's just that people, people don't know the language that they're speaking is the unfortunate reality. Yeah. Why do they allow for that? Uh, now you, you'd figure, why do they still even play by these rules of the common law and, and with this, when it's so despotic anyways, um, you know, it seems like, is it because there's a higher law that they know they have to play by still? And, I think um, there is, yeah. yeah. I think there is, there's a much higher harmonic to this. They've got to tell you what they're doing and, and you've got to be willingly giving your power away. And um, if you don't, well, you, you, they can't, they can't get you. But like I said, again, if you do this on the side of the road with just two of them, they will anyway, they don't care because they're violent and they're brutal and they can do what they want to do. But I mean, I think it's getting to the point where we won't be able to do this soon anyway. It just won't, won't matter. They just won't care. I mean, it's almost got to that point now where the, you know, the, the jackboot is coming down. Um, I even wonder if, if half of these, half of these cops are even human. I mean, they're, they're like androids or something. Um, they, they don't even seem to be able to think clearly a lot of these, these new breed of police officers. So, I mean, a lot of the stuff that, I, that we do with this whole common law thing, 10 years ago, it was, it was working great and I've done it, but I must admit that I haven't done anything like this in the last couple of years since all the cops have been walking around dressed in black Kevlar and looking like Batman and, and they've been <laughs> horrendous and the, the uh, violence has definitely gone up and escalated. So while it's been fun to do and it's been fun to know and it is, it is beneficial to know this stuff, you know, it will still work in a courtroom in many places. I mean, if you have to walk into a courtroom you can you can go in there and you can you can stand in this power in the courtroom, but it's becoming more and more difficult to stand in this power um, with police officers because um, they're just too brutal and they don't care, and a lot of them are too stupid to even understand. I mean, they've, they've lowered the induction rate on on the police officers here, so I think it's down to something like 100, 102 or one hundred and four the IQ of a police officer. Anything over that, you don't get accepted into the force. They don't want anybody too intelligent. They just want people that are smart enough to do the paperwork and do what they're told and, uh, you know, succumb to peer group pressure. They don't want anybody with, with any sense of morals or anybody who can think about what they're doing. So um, we have seen a pretty drastic change in the mentality of the police over the last 10 years. So that's something to, uh, to take into account with this. I mean, I'd, I'd be more confident using this sort of approach in, in, a, in a courtroom. But even in a courtroom, I mean, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be walking into a courtroom. I, I wouldn't go past the dock. I'd, I'd stand there at the doorway and I'd address the judge from the doorway and do it all that way. I'm not going to walk into their jurisdiction. But, it, you know, I, I don't recommend these days, I don't recommend that people try to exert their power with police officers. I just, I just go for a yes sir, no sir, three bags, four sir, I'll see you in court. You know, and, and get out of their jurisdiction as quickly as possible, get out of their company as quickly as possible because they can and will hurt you because they enjoy it. And um, that's my advice to people with police officers these days. So do you think the idea of defunding the police, I know this is a big trend coming a lot from the wrong place and it's being manipulated, but something that I stressed you know, a long time ago when we were seeing the military, militarization of the police, especially here in the United States, when we were doing, you know, when you were seeing like um, people standing up at the G20 summit, I remember in Baltimore, I was living there and I went out there and they were bringing out the sonic cannons. And it was like, you said, the stormtroopers marching down. And it was like, what has happened to good old, the good old cop, the peacekeeper down the street, you know? Um, but what's your idea of that? And, and where, are there ways to, is it just too late to fix this? Or um, do you think that there's a way to manipulate 
this situation out, the defund the police movement to benefit us and turn the tide and, and actually embrace these people while they might not be coming from the total right place and they might be being manipulated by Antifa and the collectivist ideas, maybe there's a way to get the truth to them and have them <clears throat> see the real way and what's going on and we could turn the tide by using this energy right now with all these, uh, these people that are up in arms about the police. Well, it's got to be a way. It's just getting the focus. Too many people are caught up in these, these groups like Antifa and, and Black Lives Matter and whatever, which are all controlled groups, you know, all using people's real want for change and real need for change and, and you know, manipulating it into a political agenda. And, you know, defunding the police, I'd like to see the educating the police would be a lot better. I mean, in a society such as we've got, we need some sort of, of law. You can't just have, have the law of the jungle on the street because you end up with what's going on in, in Chaz at the moment, which is pretty brutal, I think. <laughs> um, but the whole defund the police movement, this is the whole goal is to replace the police with the military, you know, to defund the police and let it get to you know, just degrade to a point of social chaos where you have to bring in new in peacekeepers or, or, or bring in foreign troops. I mean, that's, that's what this whole movement is about. Yep. It's about militarizing the police. Yeah. Defunding the police. I mean, defund the government and, and reduce the size of government. And you're going to reduce the, the poverty on the ground. Um, def, you know, get rid of the control of the financial system and defund the government. You, you, you could reduce the size of the police force. And I mean, most of the, the problems and most of the violence that we see on the streets is created by the police. Um, there's, there's different ways of going about it. I'd like to see the, the government defunded, the government reduced and, and the reduction of the police, the need for the police would come with that. I mean, most crime is created because people are in a state of shortage or scarcity, unless they're crimes of passion, you know, um, jealousy or something like that. But most people, most, most even drug dealing, uh, people do this and, and all these drug crimes happen because people are in a state of scarcity. They want money. They want prestige. They want all this stuff that the television tells them they need to be somebody, you know, because they're basically deprived. They're living in a, in a deprived state. They're living in a state of contrived hardship. Everybody is. I mean, get rid of this criminal financial system and, and the criminals in government, you wouldn't have to defund the police. There's better ways of doing things. No point defunding the police while you've got the world being run by a criminal government and criminal criminals in government and this whole financial system going and, and, and keeping on the way it is. Um, I think it's dangerous what they're doing. Um, and I don't agree with the police at all. I'd like to see the whole whole system changed. But there's a way to do it and there's a way not to do it. And, and this is definitely not the way to do it. Um, the way they've just set Chaz up in Seattle, shut it down, and this whole defund the police movement, um, it's, it's very, very contrived. And, uh, you know, I think one of the, the main goals of it is to, is to reduce the United States into chaos. They really want the United States to fall through what they're doing here. And they're really setting it up, you know, with the breakdown of the supply chain, the food chain in your country. Um, when you've got no law enforcement there at all, and the supply chain is completely broken down, uh, you'll end up in a situation like Mad Max world in the United States if, if you're not careful. And that's kind of what they're planning for. They want the United States to just implode and destroy itself. And that's what they seem to be setting it up to do. I really feel for the people in the United States at the moment. I don't think many people can really see what's coming there. But the, the breakdown of the supply chain 
This is something that I called, as soon as Trump closed the borders to Europe, as soon as he stopped flights to Europe, I said, ah, this is the food chain. This is the breakdown of the supply chain. And this is something I called back in 2008 in my first film, The Big Picture. In 2008, I said the, the international codependence between countries and the, the movement of all these people pushing them all into cities, you're being set up for a cull. You're, all this codependency is creating a situation where all they have to do is stop the stop the trucks and you're all screwed because you're all trucketarians. You know, everybody doesn't matter what you, what your, your moral compass is and what you, whether you're a vegan or whether you're a meat eater or whatever, you're a trucketarian. You live off the food trucks. Unless you go hunt or you grow a garden yourself, you're a trucketarian. And all they have to do is stop those trucks flowing and you're screwed. The entire country is screwed. And that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing at the moment. So you look at that with the whole defunding the police, really they're just pulling the police back and letting the people just, there you go, eat each other because you're not going to have anything else. And we're not going to be here to stop you doing it. So there's a whole wider agenda to this that people just aren't looking at. And it's, uh, it's global as well. It's not just in the U.S. In the U.S., I'm convinced they're really pushing us into a civil war. We're already in a civil war. It just hasn't gone completely hot yet. And, you know, we live up in a, more of a rural area, and, uh, you know, I personally don't believe there's a political solution, so I don't really go, you know, red or blue, that kind of thing. It's just a distraction. But you do have a lot of the uh, conservatives up in this area, and I've never heard people, uh, so many people in my entire life talk about civil war, time to get out the guns. I mean, people are serious. They're ready to start shooting. So I think they've almost accomplished their goals, and, and they'll, like you say, sit back and just let us kill each other. Uh, great mm. plan, really. Yeah, well, it's it's the food chain, it's the supply chain. That's what people aren't, aren't paying attention to. It's the international dependency. Yeah, they've just shut down so much food production in Montana, I believe. They've shut down meatworks and yeah. only one farm. Oh, someone tested positive positive for COVID, so they shut the whole farm down. You know, and you know, no one's planting crops for next year. No one, no one's, no one's preparing for any of this. Um, you can't just shut down the food production. They expect the country to survive and you know once it if it does go into civil war or something like that i mean that's just going to play straight into their hands they'll just all go underground you won't be shot firing any shots at anyone who means anything they'll just be lackeys police officers or whatever out there just sent out their cannon fodder for you to shoot at um and don't even know why they're why they're doing what they're doing half of these cops they're brain dead so you know at the end of all, you could, you could have a civil war and you could overthrow the government. And, and again, you've got no food. You're not going to have any, any supply chains. The first thing I said when they set up CHAZ, I said, it's great that you set up an autonomous, autonomous zone in Seattle. It doesn't look like very good farming area, though. So, um, <laughs> well, we saw their the garden. <laughs> yeah, who's growing the food in CHAZ? I said, it's all very well if you want to set yourself up as a foreign country. Who are you going to trade with? Who's going to be trading with you guys? What are you going to eat? And they ran out of food in two days. They're the so, Soylent Union. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is what's going to be like across the whole United States if people aren't careful. And, and you know, people just expect that they can continue to go to the supermarket. Well, no, you can't. It, it doesn't work that way. You know, so... Well, the know, good thing... is what they want. They mm. want that, that's what they want. There's a better yeah. way to do things. I mean, you can simply not comply with it, simply turn away and start complying with each other and, and supporting each other and realize that government is fiction. You, you don't need, you can do it without a shop being fired. If people, 
you know, actually got their heads together. But I mean, this is what I've been saying for years. I mean, whether it's gone beyond that point now is, is another question. I mean, in many ways, I think it has. Um, it's, yeah, it's surprising it how quickly they've been able to do this and how, how quickly it's rolled, how many people got away with it and just gone along with it, you know? I mean, Agenda 21, once again, all you have to do is read the documents. The plan is to, to get everybody in these smart cities, um, control the supply chains, get everybody eating synthetic food, and uh, have everybody with the 5G network all, you know, uh, they want to control every type, every resource down to the, the single grain of, of, uh, of rice being tracked so that they can control everything. And it's, I think it's, when we say they, I know people have problems with, well, who is they? And we know they have been around for millennia and it's, they really, um, I, I feel like they are these, these bloodlines or these, 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 you know, quote unquote elites, which we don't want to give them that name but they are battling nature they feel like i think their end goal is to to defeat nature to defeat mother nature defeat the universal laws that run the run this entire universe this paradigm whatever we're in and their goal is to be the ultimate controllers over nature herself and um that's what we're up against the transhumanism everything it's all coming to a head right now so it's it's pretty wild times man yeah, well, it's like, I mean, they, they hate us and they, they want to destroy the human race, but not just destroy it. They want to turn it inside out and upside down and backwards and make everything the, the perverse opposite of what it's supposed to be. Turn the men into women and the women into men and, and have this gender neutral. Uh, they, they don't want to just destroy they want to absolutely destroy, like completely obliterate everything they're doing to us. Um, and people have to see it. People have to see it for what it is and, and, and stand up and, and, and be human again. Um, the wearing of masks, all of this, this stuff they're doing, they're, they're, they're turning the, the, the human race completely upside down is what they want to do. And they want to control every aspect of nature and they want to, they want to turn all of that upside down and inside out. And they want to be able to control everything and every aspect of everything. It's this megalomaniacal psychopathic need to just just control, and and it's it's a freaky thing. Why why but do you think why do you think this is Max? Why? Well, it's if you really want to get into like um, Satanism or whatever. I mean, and I'm not a I'm not a Satanist. I'm not a I'm not a religious person, but it doesn't matter whether I believe in religion or whatever. They do. You know, it, it doesn't matter if you, if you're, you could say, oh, I'm not a religious person. I don't, I don't care about religion. It doesn't affect me. Yes, it does. Because the people who are doing this believe in it completely. And that's what they're doing. And, and if you look at the whole concept of, of Satanism and, 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 you know, the beauty of creation and all the stuff they put in the Bible and you twist all that backwards and upside down to, to this horrible perverse um satan satanistic um type of mentality that's the way they think and that's what they're doing whether you believe it or not they believe it and that's what they're doing you know and people have to get their head around that you know you can pretend to ignore it all you want and say i don't believe in it all you want it doesn't matter it's still going to come for you you know you may not be not a religious person but if you're you're surrounded by religious fanatics who are going to kill everybody who doesn't think like them well it is going to affect you anyway even if you're not a religious person so and, that's that's kind of and, why they do it it's just and and you've got to understand i mean these people they they they, they drink the blood of children for god's sake i mean the, the, these are really sick individual this whole pedophile 
um, satanic, um, cannibalistic. This, this is what these people do. This is who's running the world. I mean, you're living in a people farm. I've been saying to people for years, you're living in a people farm. And people go, oh, what would they be harvesting? Well, what do you think they're harvesting? You know, where do you think all these people disappear to? Where do you think the 8 million children that disappear every year go to? What happened to the 1.5 million people who got displaced in the Australian fires? Where are all these people now? They're all loaded onto <laughs> Navy ships and taken away. Where did they go? Where were they relocated to? Nobody seems to be talking about it. It's a few families living in tents around the place that we know of, maybe, maybe 20 families or something, 30 families. What happened to the rest of the 1.5 million people that went onto those Navy ships? Where'd they go? You know, where did all these people go? Where did, where did all these people go? They get, get moved around and harvested and, and taken from these war zones. Where do they all go? You know, people don't ask these questions because they, they don't want to look at the answers. They go to Mars. <laughs> yeah yeah of course yeah yeah they go to mars child sex slaves on mars according to to robert david Steele. yeah right no worries <laughs> uh, and they you know they they know universal law and they understand uh you know according to their own code they do need to elicit our consent and in some way uh, even if it's just to get us to acquiesce through silence so that's why they don't just kill people i mean they do that too but they need to have 100% subjugation. They need to traumatize our psyche and, and throw the whole kitchen sink at us until we're just um, uh, so beside ourselves that we relinquish our free will to them. And I think that's the whole game. You know, they understand consciousness and some of the things that we talk about, but they also understand that the war is on the mental plane and they have to get us to succumb. And that's what all the chaos is about. It's just, we'll just give up, put on the mask and say, you can't fight city hall. Yeah, exactly. And we won't ever ask why, you know, would, Oh yes, sir. No, sir. I've been told to do this. So I'll do it. It's for my protection. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. People, people have got to learn to think for themselves a little bit. Um, but you know, we're at a, we're at a real head. It's coming to a head now and it's coming to everybody. We always said people wouldn't wake up until it comes directly to their backyard. And it kind of is now. now. I'm seeing a lot of people waking up. I'm seeing a lot of pushback, uh, especially here in Australia. Yeah, they're, they're really pushing the limit here in Australia. A lot of people have had enough of it. So um, maybe we'll see, we will see some major pushback, get this cacistocracy out of power, you know? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting times, brother. I mean, I, I, I kind of prefer this than, than just sitting there waiting for something, just waiting, 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 waiting. <laughs> okay, well, here we are. We're, we're right here in the end game now. You're right. You're, you're out on the front line now, folks. I mean, what are you prepared to do? You're going to stand up or you're going to die? I mean, they're going to kill you if you don't. So what are you going to do? You know, you're going to push back or you're going to, you're going to grow a backbone and be a man, stand up for your family. What happened to all the men? What, what, what happened? Why, why isn't anyone standing? Why is any, anyone tolerating all this shit? I mean, that's why they've, they've blocked me, simply because, I mean, I'm not this strong, violent guy, but I'm prepared to stand up and have a backbone and call things what they are and ask the right questions. They don't like that. That's all it really takes is people asking the right questions. You can completely mess up a, a local council, go to one of their meetings and just standing up and asking the right questions in front of the whole crowd there ask a few questions they can't answer. It totally messes them up. They, re they re remove all their confidence from them and they don't get to push their agenda through. I've stopped so many stuff, so many government actions in the valley here and the places where I've lived by just going to local meetings and standing up and speaking my mind. I have the whole room get up and cheer when I'm finished, you know, because no one's ever asked them these questions before. Just please explain yourself. 
you know, why are you doing this? And we know you've done it all, all bodgerly and shoddily because obviously we wouldn't be here otherwise. And so you can pretend that you haven't, but we know you have. So let's be adult about it. So blah, 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 blah. So can you show me why you shouldn't be prosecuted for blah, 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 you know? And they freak out. I've had, I've had council ministers in tears, you know, after I've, I've addressed them. So, you know, and, and that sort of a stuff can make a difference. Just having a backbone, you know, and that's all it takes is to just know that you're human and you're dealing with other people. They're just people. doesn't matter if they're wearing suits and fancy dress outfits and all this stuff. They're just people. They're just flesh and blood, men and women, you know, saying that they've got a right of ownership over you. Let them do it. You know, it's, it's pretty simple. I mean, and that, that's what we need, you know? So maybe that's an opportunity. Maybe this is an opportunity for people to actually realize that and, and to come back into what they are and remember what they are. That's what I've always said. It's, it's, it's a, everything I've tried to do on my radio shows is to help people remember who and what they are. It's simply because they've forgotten. I'm not even asking you to find yourself. I'm asking you to remember yourself, you know? So, yeah. Well, you know, Max, uh, years ago, we used to have these same discussions more in closed circles and, uh, you know, uh, the, the legal aspects and, you know, understanding who is behind these institutions and what's really going on in the world. And uh, it, it is encouraging now because I turn on the Internet, even though it's greatly censored. But a lot of the things that we used to have to talk about behind closed doors is now being talked about out in the open. Uh, like you, we talk to people all over the world. You know, we talk to a lot of people in Europe in our interviews and, and people in your country, Australia, and everybody's kind of getting the message. So I'm, you know, on one hand, I, I can't believe how bad it is. And then on the other hand, I'm, I'm actually encouraged because in my lifetime, you know, being at this a few years, uh, more people are waking up than ever before. And I, maybe it's wishful thinking, but I think we're just, uh, half an inch away from a critical mass where uh, a lot of folks wake up and, and these um, creatures that are in control or trying to control are going to lose their grip. And I think that's why they're so desperate right now. And, and to the point where they're actually uh, willing to expose themselves in the process. Yeah, I, I agree. I absolutely agree. It, it's, it's, we're right walking on the edge of a knife at the moment and it's a huge opportunity for freedom. I mean, and that's all you, I mean, People worried that they've lost their jobs and stuff. I'm saying, look, it's great. Do you now realize how meaningless that job was? That you used to go to that building, you used to walk around, do it, move paper around all day, do all this stuff that you thought was important. Do you realize, do you see how stupid it was now? How, how meaningless that life really was and how much you really don't need that. You know, and maybe you've got a chance to discover yourself now and do something, do something else. I mean, why are you doing all this stuff just because someone wrote it on paper? maybe it's a chance for people to get away from that and to remember themselves and to remember what it means to be human again. So I think it's a huge opportunity for us. And I say, bring it on, bring it on. I mean, crash the system completely, crash the money system. I don't care. You know, I don't care. I mean, I'm, I'm just living in this little space and doing what I do and nothing's really changed for me and nothing really will change for me. So, you know, it's a great opportunity for people. So, so maybe there will be a huge uprising, but it's just, hopefully it'll be the right type of uprising. We don't need violent revolution. You know, violent revolution is what they want. They want civil war. They want bullets flying around. They want to be able to bring in the military and lock everything down, you know? So, you know, there's better ways of doing things, just being a supportive member of your community and supporting other people around your community. Everyone going outside and saying, hey, look, I've had, we've had enough of this. Let, let's, let's do something else. 
let's put it in a, a community garden or let's go hunting or let's do whatever, you know. Um, stop complying with these stay at home, wear a mask rules. You know, if people are claiming you need to do that, ask them why. For, for a virus which is, is not killing people, you know, it just isn't. doesn't matter what the newspapers are telling you, it just isn't. You know, it's like the common, common cold. So, yeah, I think it's a huge opportunity, brother. I think it's a huge opportunity for people to stand up. And I'm, I'm hoping that's what we're going to see. Instead, there's a big pushback here. A lot of people have had enough. Now, if it wasn't for the, the terminally stupid police officers, I think we would have pulled the government out of power already. But um, maybe we're getting to that point. So maybe we're getting to that point all around the world. You know, a lot of people are getting this. So, yeah, great opportunity, huge opportunity. And, and I say bring it on. How would you contrast the U.S. with Australia? Uh, do you think we're a little more behind the curve here in the States? Or I know every country has its hot button and, and the controllers use that against every country. Here it's racism. So now the news cycle is all about racism. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it can be discouraging sometimes, uh, you know, when you see the way people are behaving here. But uh, how would you compare where you live? Um, I think America is more, more of a tinderbox than where I live. I mean, unfortunately, Australians are pretty apathetic. I call them apathetic. Um, we have seen a major pushback in some of the areas that are they're under lockdown in Melbourne. But, you know, again, the media is spinning it and you've got some of the more richer areas who are approving of the, the poor areas being locked down. So you've, you've got that dichotomy happening as well. I think America is being is more of a tinderbox because you've got an armed population. You've got kind of got less food production in America than what we've got here um, per capita. So you, America is uh, North America. The whole North American continent is is very easy to set up for a cull via famine, and I think that's what is being set up to happen in the United States. Um, in comparison here in Australia, we've got a country that's actually bigger than the United States. We've got 25 million people here. Um, we've got enough food here to be able to continue production and be able to feed the population and not really notice it too much. Uh, I'm expecting major shortages to happen, but nothing like what you're going to see in the United States, I think. Um, that's what uh, is being set up in the United States. And that's why there's so much turmoil at the moment with the Black Lives Matter and the defund the police. And you know, they want as much chaos on the ground as possible because they don't want people to notice the supermarket shelves not being filled up, the supply trucks not running. Uh, and then if they can defund the police and just pull everything away, people will wake up one morning and they'll just be left to their own devices. And they'll go, well, what do we do now? And they'll go and they'll empty the supermarkets and the shelves won't be replenished. And then they'll start fighting each other and stealing from each other. And they'll, they'll destroy each other if, uh, if they don't wake up to what's going on. Um, that's what I think is, is happening in the United States. It's being set up to basically implode on its own. And not just the United States, Canada as well. I think they're doing it to the whole North American continent. Um, and that's... that's that's the, the dangerous part. That that's the uh, and that's the prize for them as well. They really need to bring the United States down. The United States is the last bastion of freedom on earth, and if the United States falls, the world will fall. Uh, it's just the way it goes. 
Um, no matter what you think of the United States, um, you think, oh, it's just this gun-toting culture or whatever. Well, you know, it, it's, it's, it does, there is a semblance of freedom. There is, there is a, a, an overall feeling of, of yeah, we, we are free and we can do what we want and we can live our lives and, and you know, be what we want to be on the ground in the United States. There is that overall feeling there amongst the people that you don't have anywhere else on earth. You just don't have it. There is that, that, I don't know, it's that American spirit that is still there with the people. They need to crush that. They need to destroy that. And that's the prize for all this. And if the rest of the world sees the United States fall, it will demoralize the rest of the world to the point that they won't stand up. So it's, it's really, really important that the United States comes through this. It's really important that the people of the United States see what's going on and they stand up for themselves and they, they shift the direction the ship of state is going. But it's being played different in every country, you know. Um, but, you know, the whole world looks at the United States as this, this thing, you know, this, this golden flower or whatever, the land of the, land of the free. Um, Europe, Europe's used to being under lockdown. They're used to being told what to do. They will push back. There'll be violent uprisings in Europe, like in Spain and the certain places. They don't they don't take kindly to being oppressed and they're used to war. They'll they'll stand up and push back. The United States has never had a war. Most people in the United States have only experienced war when they've gone over and they've bombed other countries. They never had a war on the ground. Never had the government coming for them. They've never really experienced what it's like to live in a war zone. It might be all gung ho about, yeah, let's go and get the Arabs, let's go and bomb them. Never, they never experienced it here. If it came to their backyard, they would shit themselves. They wouldn't know what they're doing. So, you know, um, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, the United States, it's almost an adolescent type of culture. When I've noticed I've gone, it's almost like a teenage culture. It's like a, a frat culture. People, even when they're in their 50s and 60s, they're still acting like they're in the fraternity. It's, it's <laughs> kind of a, they don't grow up. It's, and I don't mean that as any, any type of insult to, to Americans, but it's almost when you, when you look at it from the outside, it's almost a childlike adolescent type of type of knowledge. You know? um, people are just like big children uh, as intelligent as they are. It's, it's just this, even the airline pilots, when I'm flying into the United States, I listen to the airline pilots talking, they sound like high school dudes, you know, it's uh it's just interesting. It's just when you look at it, from, it is. It's just interesting when you look at it from the outsider's perspective. It's, it's this real casual teenage type of attitude. Oh, I'm going to get off the airline and go for a surf type pilot. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's just well, that's, I mean, that's, that's, the that's like the, that's the American guy in all the Hitchcock movies, you know, that yeah, goes yeah, to it's, Europe. It's just like the free willing kind of brash, you know, yeah. maybe that's what freedom kind of brings. And there's some youthful energy there that could be good and harnessed in the right way. And I, I totally Look, agree I, with you on that. It's I think it's funny. great. Look, I, I think it's great. I love the American people, They're beautiful people, you know, but, but because of that whole teenage type of culture, they're, they're kind of airheads when it comes to the politicians and stuff. It's, Oh yeah, it's over there. Forget about it. Yeah. But no, no, you can't because they, they want to kill you. They're doing all this shit to control you. You shouldn't, you can't forget about it. And, and people are kind of realizing that now. So, I mean, that's why it's so important that they've set that mentality up so that America can fall. So it's really important that the American people see this and that they stand up for themselves because like, if America does fall, then we're screwed. It's going to demoralize the entire yeah. world if America falls. And, and if well, the real problem we have in this country is we've had, sorry, Max. I was just going to say the real problem in this country, we have several generations now that have been so dumbed down that 
you know, we're a shadow of our former selves. I, I can go back, you know, I grew up in the, I was a kid in the fifties and the things that are going down now never would have been tolerated back then, not in a second, but people, uh, you know, are under this hypnotic suggestion now. And, and, uh, I think they've been compromised, uh, not only by the school system that is much different than when I went to school, we actually used to have critical thought, uh, you, you know, uh, critical thinking training wasn't just uh, multiple choice, uh, get a dog bone when, you know, when you get the right answer, uh, we didn't have all the vaccines. Uh, we actually had some real food that we used to eat. Uh, you know, I mean, just people have been compromised in mind, body, and spirit. So now you have that, uh, that sort of uh, attitude, you know, that's been typical of America all these years, but now we're dumb on top of it. And I'm not just trying to denigrate my own culture, but it's, it's in fact what's going on. Yeah, yeah, I and mean, much the same here as well. I mean, Apathralia, I mean, these people are dumbed down. When I, when I turn on the TV now, I mean, I don't watch TV, but when I do, I can't believe how the news reporters and stuff talk to It's like they're talking to little grade school students. It's, it's, you're talking to these little children. It's crazy, the, the mentality on television now towards the people. So, yeah, everybody's just dumbed down, brother, and it, it's a shame, but, I mean... That's the situation we've got, you know. All of the whole world is being set up for a fall. Um, different countries are falling in different ways. I mean, a lot of what they want to do is is get rid of white people. I know I'm not allowed to say that, but that's what they want to do. Uh, they want to merge it all into one race. But it, it isn't even just getting rid of white people. It's getting rid of black people as well. They merge it all into one race. A whole, whole world of coffee-coloured people. That's what they want. They don't want any individuality. They want all one race, all one culture. So they've gone over and they've homogenized the whole world and turned everywhere into everywhere else. doesn't matter where you go for a holiday. You can go to the same cafes, the same, same McDonald's, the same street little things. and the same. It looks the same everywhere you go. It's the same place. Yeah. Turn everywhere into everywhere else. Corporate, so you feel comfortable corporate world. traveling. Yeah, imagine going somewhere and there's different people there. There's foreigners there. You don't want that. You want it all where, like your backyard. So it's like you didn't really go anywhere. So. Well, yeah, and I've done that to the whole world. Yeah. So, but they're all, every country is falling in different ways. You know, Europe is being homogenized and, and the, the population is being replaced. America, they want to fall. They want to obliterate America completely. Like, like Benjamin Netanyahu said, we will milk America dry and it can blow away like dust in the wind. That's what they want to do. Um, bleed it dry and bleed the country dry and just let it, let it implode. And, um, so it's it's the big prize. It really is the big prize, and this is what they're using to do it. This whole pandemic and this whole shutdown, and and people being in fear of everybody else. I mean, they have got people in fear of, of of each other wearing masks. You know, people are attacking you if you don't wear a mask in their in their company or something. It's crazy. So um, and and saying you know, uh, I can't breathe in the you know as they're wearing masks. I mean, talk about a dark magic spell. Oh, yeah. I mentioned that on my last report I put out yesterday, the irony of someone wearing a mask with I can't breathe written on it. I mean, they must be laughing. They must be laughing when they see people wandering around with these masks. So of course you can't breathe, you idiot. You're wearing a mask, you know? And, and, and the guy who caused it, he was uh, died of asphyxiation, you know, from the police. So it, there's a whole connection there. It's like a, a grand circle of breath. He didn't even die. Did well, I'm saying the narrative of it. <laughs> it's, a crazy, it's a crazy setup, that one, wasn't it? I mean, you got to wonder about that whole thing. His family's made like 14 million in donations or something since then. Yeah. But, um, well, interesting. 
<clears throat> that whole George Floyd thing was so so interesting, so contrived. Yeah, you know, a- Max, I've I've been in uh, medicine my whole life, and and I started out in emergency medicine. And the first thing you're trained is airway, breathing, circulation. And then if you're a paramedic out in the street, after you do the ABCs, then you have to go, um, you know, resuscitate if necessary. Then you uh, stabilize and then you transport. And you have that so ingrained into you. And there's so much liability if you don't do it that there is not a paramedic or a doctor in existence that I've known in all my years that would uh, not go through the protocol. So when I watched the video, all I saw is a bunch of people uh, around this uh, person on the ground that looked like more of a social gathering. And then they just scooped him up. They uh, failed to you know, go through any of the protocols. And, and I just said, this is fake. There's no way because medical personnel, uh, personnel on any level would not just scoop somebody up. They go through the ropes that they're trained to do that just become habitual. I didn't buy it for a second and I don't believe the guy's dead. And the symbology yeah. there too, the symbology on that trash can, all these events, the last 10, 15, since 9-11, before, since the Kennedy assassination, I feel like there's just a plethora of false flags. And that really, you know, there was an interesting gal who was just on Leak Project, which I believe you've been on. I don't know if Max, have you been on that show before, but she had an interesting proposal and this relates to Tartaria and all, all that stuff, which I know you like, which I really like too. Um, but she was, she has this theory that the, uh, was it the Philadelphia experiment or whatever, when, um, they messed with the time that it actually opened up a time portal that allowed for these dark entities to come in and change the history and literally completely. Um, and, and she relates this to Tartaria and everything. And that's why all of a sudden we have this plethora of all these false flags and all this weird stuff that just has exploded. Um, really fascinating, but you mentioned when we, you know, earlier we started that, how that was a big topic you talked about a lot is, you know, the real history and really where we come from and how, you know, the COVID thing's kind of the most important thing. But I would argue that right now you'll see that in all these mainstream magazine articles with the race stuff, how they're really like pitching racism and white supremacy, the history of it. And, and you're really denigrating the American tradition. And we, I think we really are at a war of, of, of truth and where we come from. And it's really important for us to, to be investigating all this stuff and try to get to the bottom of, you know, really where do we come from? What is the real truth? What is the real history? What is the real nature of this reality that we're in? Why is it so manipulated? What really is reality? I mean, where are we all in our own simulation here and just kind of bouncing off each other's simulations? I mean, those are all, I think, more important than ever so that we can come to grips on, as you say, who we really are so that we can understand this paradigm and then, you know, come out of the ashes and to, you know, hopefully have a better existence. What do you think about that? Well, yeah, I agree. I mean, history, history is important. I think we've, we've done this many times. I think they've, they've, they've culled us this population many times before. Um, and it is important to, to know what history is. And, um, we don't know what history is at all. History is a lie agreed upon. I'm, I'm absolutely convinced of that. I've traveled enough, to realize that it's, it's all complete crock. I mean, everything we've been told is a crock. I don't buy into any of it. So yeah, it is, it is important. Maybe, maybe there was something like that happened. Um, but I mean, the, the problem is that we're in a state of clear and present danger. That's why I say there's nothing more important than this issue because soon we won't even have access. If, if they, 
do what they want to do. I'm expecting even the net to get probably shut down to a degree. We won't even have access to that information. If we don't establish freedom very quickly and stand up for ourselves very quickly, it's not going to matter what we know. It's not going to matter what research we've done. It's not going to matter what our history was. We're going to be in a situation with our backs to the wall. And um, we have to prevent that from happening. Yeah. I think, you know, we're at a time, it's, it's virtually humanity's last battle we are entering into at the moment. If we lose this battle, then we've, we've lost it for future generations and we'll enter into a system that it will be extremely difficult to ever get out of. If people are born into this whole smart grid, they're not going to know, they're not going to have any reference point for freedom. They're not going to know what freedom looks like. They're not even going to have any concept of it. And we won't be around to tell them. So, you know, as much as I, I um, want to know what happened in the past, I can't change it. All I can do is realize that what's brought us to this point and what we are facing right now and the absolute clear and present danger we are in and the urgency of addressing this danger and getting ourselves back to a point of safety where we can regroup. And then we can, you know, all the answers will become apparent. Now, once we've, we've got the freedom to explore, the freedom to, to ask questions and the freedom to look ourselves, we'll discover all these answers. But at the moment, all we can do is speculate and argue over the details, and which is what we do, and we're not paying attention to the clear and present danger that we're in. And we need to pay attention to it. There's a train coming. What I've been saying to people is, you know, there, there is a train coming, and if, if people do not stop arguing about the shape of the tracks and attention, it's going to hit them. There'll be no warning. It will be sudden and they will have no one to blame but themselves. Now you can argue about what the tracks are made of, where the train's coming from, all you want. The train is coming and it's about to hit you. Get off the tracks, you know, and, and you know, that's what we need to do. And that's what I've been trying to share with people. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated by history and I'd love to know what happened. I, I'm completely convinced that there has been some, um, I don't know whether you call it an invasion or whatever, but there was, there's, there's definitely a force that has taken over this world and has, has um, moved us from the, the path we're supposed to be on. It's changed our history. It's given us a false history and it's pitted us against each other. And the ultimate goal is the complete destruction and control and subligation of the human race and the control of every single grain of sand and every drop of water and every, every sing, single thing on earth. That is the ultimate goal. And um, we have to be aware of that happening and uh, take what steps we need to prevent that. Then, then the, uh, the truth will become apparent to us. Then we can get in all the rabbit holes we want. We'll have plenty of time to do it. Mm -hmm. But if we don't pay attention to this oncoming train, we're, we're going to be screwed. So that's where I tend to put the focus these days. Yeah. And in traditional cultures, real history was shared by the elders. And uh, they've, they've sure taken care of that in short order. Uh, the elders, which is my generation now, you know, most of us are in rest homes, taking our meds and watching television. And the oral tradition, of course, was the way that people used to share their history. Mm, mm. Yeah, we don't have a lot of that anymore. It's all what's written in books. And, and you know, you don't know what's written in the books as being true at all. Yeah. Well, and, it, and I think what we'd like to see is collapse in a way because that would allow us to reset, but they're not going to let that happen. That's like a wishful idea. They really have their plan set. Like I said, going back to the agenda 21 and the control, they're control freaks. So they wind up, this is the plan. I mean, they, they, they plan this out hundreds of years in advance. And so um, it's all a matter, like you said, just waking up and getting, I think, 
the most impactful thing because we're all about solutions here and, and trying to help people, you know, navigate through this. And it's, as you said, get active in your community. First and foremost, start with your neighborhood. Start talking like I do. I'm the crazy guy in the neighborhood that is not bashful about talking <laughs> to this stuff to my neighbors. And, um, you know, get more active in those, in those respects, get involved with decentralized stuff, get, get out of their money system, you know, buy Bitcoin. I always say that's like a revolutionary act in, it, in and of itself. Um, and start growing your own food, start, um, you know, really getting involved with your family more. That has been one good thing of this, of this COVID stuff. It's forced people to really engage more with their family and their friends and, um, you know, start really, um, trying to help other people wake up in a very compassionate way and not necessarily say wake up, but just become more aware of what's going on. Because I, I do agree we're up against it right now. And, um, you know, it's just a matter of every day, just doing a little bit here and there. And, uh, one thing we always talk about growing your own food, you know, uh, how more powerful of a thing can you do than be in charge of where your food's coming? And you can do that on a little urban plot. You can do that on an acre. You can do that on 20 acres. So, um, and I know Max, you're all about that too. Yeah. I've been telling people to do that for years. I and mean, even, you know, community gardens in, in your, your cities, in your suburbs, whatever, there must be a vacant lot somewhere. Go talk to the council and tell them you want to put a community garden in there. You know, I mean, I've been telling people this for years, you know, put common unity back in the community. Your greatest asset are the people around you. You need these people because when it all turns pear shaped, you can all stand up together and it's looking pretty pear shaped at the moment. <laughs> so, I mean, this is, this is the, the time we've been waiting for. Um, and I, I do hope people will see it as an opportunity and they will stand up. And there is, is great opportunity in this. You know, I don't see anything to fear about the impending collapse of this slavery system at all. You know, if people can get their heads in the right spot, this is actually a gift. So, you know, hopefully people will embrace that opportunity. And, and that's, that's what I would like to see. Yeah. But, you know, people people are unfortunately scared of change and, and change is the only part of life that is is uh consistent that's the only thing that will ever stay the same is, is change constant change that stays the same so mm -hmm. i don't know how that works but um <laughs> yeah you know so so that that's the great fear with people but I, I see nothing to fear in this i see this as one of the greatest opportunities we've ever had for freedom and i have i, I i'm i'm kind of happy to see the whole system imploding I'm not happy to see the, the amount of suffering that will come through it, but ultimately that's a choice as well. You know, people, I've been telling them for years, grow gardens, get prepared, this is coming. And if people haven't listened, well, that's their choice. Um, some people don't know, they've been uninformed, and I do feel sorry for them. But, but for those of us who are awake, we, we can't say we haven't seen this coming. Maybe people didn't realise the extent of what was what was going to be, but this is just the beginning. This is, you haven't seen anything yet. You, you wait till you see what the way the world's going to be in another 12 months. Um, this oh, yeah. is just the beginning. So hang on well, to your hats, folks, because uh, we're, in for, we're in for a hell of a ride, you know? One, one thing no, real quick. We haven't even. I was just going to say, Bear, you know, we, you bring this up a few times, Bear, and I've been meaning to ask you. So we're talking about the United States falling, and, and Bear, you often bring up George Washington's visions. Um, and how that affects, you know, where we're going. And I think there's a lot of esoteric stuff connected to the United States and the U.S. You know, there are the role here in terms of the great, you know, revolution of humanity and where we're going. Um, and I'm just curious, Barrett, because I haven't read him in a long time. How does that last vision play into this at all? 
And do you want to, I mean, are you comfortable talking about that or? Um, yeah, because- I'll, I'll make it real quick. And, and then I'd like to get uh, Max's response. You know, uh, Washington recorded three visions that uh, he alleged came from a cosmic being who appeared to him. And uh, these were written down and anybody can verify their existence here in the congressional uh, library. And uh, the first two visions, everything came to pass, including our civil war and a lot of our history. Now, the third vision, uh, the cosmic being or the angel, as he uh, described it, uh, said that uh, for the first time, the U.S. would be invaded on its own grounds by outside forces and also uh, have a lot of turmoil uh, stirred up from within for the very first time and that things would be very precarious. And if that came to pass uh, and the cosmic being said, this doesn't have to come to pass yet. It's still up to you. You have something to say about it. Um, America will arise from the ashes, but it necessarily doesn't even have to go through that if people wake up. So um, if you read that third vision, it describes world events to the detail that are going on, especially in America. (coughs) And uh, right now it looks like uh, possibly we will have to rise from the ashes. Uh, But again, I'm wishful thinking, hopefully hopefully that, uh, you know, there doesn't have to be that much carnage, uh, you know, in the process. But have you ever heard of any such thing? One last thing I'd like to say also first is that I really believe there's larger natural cycles. And I do believe attached to those natural cycles are shifts in consciousness of all of humanity. And I see in my own experience, some people just really waking up to the truth, as we've already said. But it's not just the truth about what's going on in world events. It's just uh, literally a, a consciousness shift. So I think in this process of what's going on, it's much bigger than what the controllers uh, think they can handle. And I think because of the energetics of it, and that's a whole huge discussion what that even means, is uh, that they'll probably be their own demise here uh, probably sooner than we think. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at that either. I would not be surprised at all. Um, I mean, what they're doing isn't sustainable. It just isn't. They might think that it is, but it isn't. So, yeah, I mean, it's anybody's guess what's going to happen, brother, but uh, things are definitely going to rise to a head. And I think a lot of people are going to stand up. And I think that people will be surprised at how easily we could shift this whole paradigm into something incredibly positive. Yeah, we could literally do it in a day. It's so simple that people just can't see the forest for the trees. All it would take is a simple, simple shift of perspective. Like I've been saying, for people to rediscover what it means to be human, just rediscover what you are and stand in that. And I said it to people and it sounds, oh, that sounds all very esoteric and new age. What do you mean? I'm going, well, I don't know how else to explain it. If you don't get it, well, I, I don't know how else to explain it because it's, it's so simple. Um, you know, remembering what it means to be human and, and, you know, this is why I finish every radio show with in like cash. I am another yourself. It's, it's that embodiment. People can understand what that really means. You know, we are simply reflections of each other here for this experience. And, you know, the only thing that's impossible is that which you believe is impossible. You know, you are only limited by what you believe your limitations are. And we as a race, as a species, are only limited by that collective belief on what our limitations are, which is just a belief system. There are no limitations. 
So, you know, hopefully that will, that's what will happen. And hopefully this will be a moment to inspire people. I mean, uh, you know, you've got to be pushed to the wall to, to realize that you have power, I suppose. Some people, if they're so cowed, they won't want to stand up. You've got to get them to a point where they don't have a choice. So perhaps, you know, we could view a lot of this as a gift in many ways. It's, it's granting us the opportunity we needed to become, become what we should be and to stop being a little, little, um, you know, living under the thumb all the time, you know, to stop being little subservient drones and slaves and realize that the people that are doing this are just people like you. There's no reason you have to do what you're told. You know, there's no one who has any more value than you. Everybody has equal value. So, you know, maybe that will be what will come of this. And I see it as a great opportunity. So, you know, but I think they've done it. I think they, they've done this every, every 200 years or 300 years. I think they do this. I think they cull the population. Uh, maybe it goes with natural cycles. I mean, grand solar minimums. Um, maybe it does. I, I, but I, I'm, I, I don't believe anything anymore. I, I even wonder about the grand solar minimum. I just don't believe anything they tell me. I don't believe a thing that they tell me. Um, I've been caught too many times. And I think I put out a show a couple of years ago called Everything is a Lie. Boy, did I get a bit of flack from that one. But um, I, I think we're, we're lied to on so many levels. Um, I only, I only believe that which exists within living memory, that which I can prove myself. Um, and the rest of it, I mean, it comes from books written by people who generally have not much of an idea. They base their, their concepts on other books they've read of, of people who probably didn't have much of an idea either. You know, so, um, yeah, huge opportunity, brother. But, but if people can put down all that stuff, what they believe, and just be in the here and now, and just realize that this, this is the only thing they'll ever really know. And, and, and the beauty of this and the beauty of us even being able to have this, this conversation, you know, like if you consider the possibility, there's only one of us here, it's just a single consciousness experiencing itself subjectively, just the miracle of us even being able to have a conversation and look around us and experience this incredible world. I mean, it's amazing. If you can put yourself in, into that and into that, that space of wonder, the whole world will change in a second, in a flash, you know, if people can just remember what they are. So, yeah, I think, I think the, uh, the ruling catastrophe, I think the wheels are going to fall off. I think they're pushing too hard. I think uh, there's too much inspiration coming from it and people will stand up. I mean, that's my hope anyway. And um, yeah, I mean, if they don't, well, they don't, like I say, I have no stake in the outcome. I'm just kind of sitting back watching the show. So um yeah, but, but I think it's a, it's a time of great opportunity and hopefully something really good will come from it. And, and uh, if it doesn't, well, um, we messed up really badly because, I, like I said, I don't think there'll be any, any way people get out of what, what has been created. But, you know, are they going to be able to create it? That's the question. Are they actually going to be able to get away with it, you know? I don't think they are. Well, bravo. Well, hey, that, thanks so much today, Max. This has been a wonderful talk and I love ending it on a positive note. So I think that's a good way to kind of end the conversation. And uh, <clears throat> thanks so much. Um, yeah, I, I'm, on, I'm with you on that. I think this has been told for, you know, whether the history is brand new or whatnot, we know that there's just a lot of tradition um, that talk about this time right now. And uh, we're all fortunate to be here for the ride. So uh, thanks mm. so much for joining us today. And uh, any, any parting words for our community, Max? 
No, just believe in yourself, folks. Believe in yourself. That's the outcome. Enjoy the ride. It's, you ain't seen nothing yet. It's just going to get weirder and weirder. And uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of good. I mean, you know, imagine, imagine missing out on it, you know, missing out on the big finale after all you've been through. So it's, it's, kind, of, it's kind of fun to be here for the ride to see what's going to happen. And I, I see it as a time of huge opportunity. So, yeah, I have, I have no fear of anything they can do. I've no stake in the outcome of this, and I think it's it's uh, it's going to be a, a wonderful time for humanity. And thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure to come and talk to you anytime you'd like to have another conversation. Anyone who wants to find out about me, you can go to thecrowhouse.com. All my YouTube channels are shut and Facebook's shut and everything, but it's still, I'm still on thecrowhouse.com. You'll find me there. So come along and, and say hi, and thanks for having me on, guys. Oh, uh, thank you, Max. And um, yeah, I'd encourage everybody to go to your website. There's just a wealth of uh, videos and information and, and uh, you're just such a tremendously creative individual. So everybody check it out. And I'm sure most of our audience is all already well aware of all of your work. So thanks again. And uh, yeah, just wonderful to have you. Thank and you, brother. Fantastic. And everybody in DLive, thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, if you appreciated this talk, please follow us. Uh, subscribe to us on whatever platform you're listening, watching this right now. Give us a thumbs up. Please share this. It really helps us spread the word, especially that you know this will be on YouTube. And let's uh, keep Max on YouTube through other channels. Uh, there is another website he was just telling us about before we started, altcensored.com. Alt sensor.com that happens to have a lot of his videos up and i'm sure max i don't know if you're on BitChute or library or any of those other alternative platforms but um you know as someone who's in decentralized crypto that's where we need to be going we need to be getting off these technocratic gulags and focus on getting on decentralized platforms um Quartal is a project that i'm uh, involved with and uh, we will be uh, doing a show in a couple weeks john mcafee will be joining us to talk about decentralization and um, we'll be, uh, you know, our goal is to create the new YouTube that is completely decentralized so nobody can censor, nobody can take anything off. And what's beautiful is we have a voting system. So the world, by proving your, your worth by running the network, we can also um, grow together. So anyways, uh, that's my spiel on that. If you want more information about Alpha Vedic, go to our website, alphavedic.com. Join us on Telegram. We have an amazing community. Uh, and that's t.me forward slash alphavedic. And last, please support us by going to patreon.com forward slash Alpha Vedic. And you can join us there for $5 or you can join the co-op there and get discounts on all the products that we, we create and we sell. Thanks again, Max, so much for joining us today. And thanks everybody for joining us on the chat. We love and appreciate you. Have a beautiful day. Cheers.